so today we're going to read aloud together, and I know that normally on longer passages, I ask you to just listen, and then I read to you. But today, um, even though it's a longer passage, we're going to all read together, and we're going to start in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to end in verse 18. So, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. As you're seated, turn to the person next to you and tell them, Jesus loves you. Now turn to the other person and say, the pastors love you too. This is weird. This is a really tall table for these stools. Is this higher? I think there's the a different... The stool's gone! Look, 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 look. Oh, that's how that works. Right, and now I have to, like, jump up to get up here. Okay. All right. Woo! Okay. Praise the Lord for stools that raise up. <laughs> We've been in this series um, the last few weeks called The Book of Prayers. First week, we looked at Moses' life, his, his uh, relational life with the Lord. Last week, we looked at Hannah's prayer life. Today, we're going to look at Elijah's prayer life. But in the last week, especially, but really even longer than that, really over the last several weeks, maybe even a couple of months, mm-hmm. Jamie and I have been discerning an unrest in the body. An unusual amount of, of attack in within our church. And I would say it probably even goes beyond the walls of Seeds Church and just yeah. in the greater body of Christ. But but this is this is our world, and so we're a little bit more tuned in to what's going on here with our church family. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, there's circumstances that we've been dealing with in our personal life. There are circumstances that I know some of you have been dealing with in your lives because we've been hearing your stories. And I'm just, uh, there's this uh, heightened awareness of, I think the enemy is just turned up the heat right now. He's not happy with the church. And he's going to try to squelch what God is doing here in us and through us and among us. And it's just really apparent that he's trying to disunify us even. And so he's, he's trying to attack the church, but he's also trying to attack individuals, like get you sidled out away from the rest of the body 
to make you susceptible for more susceptible for attack. And he's trying to destroy God's vision for this church. Mm-hmm. So we could do one of two things. We could, well, just we'll go about our business as normal and just hope it levels out. But that is never a strategy. Mm-hmm. Things, don't, things don't get better when you don't bring attention to them. Yeah. I've tried that before. <laughs> Doesn't work. Or we can address it head on and deal with it and walk in the victory yeah. that Jesus already provided for us. Amen? Amen. And I tell you, frankly, this it makes me upset. It makes me mad. I'm not mad with people so much. I'm mad with the enemy. I'm yeah. mad with the, yeah. with the devil. Yeah. I'm mad at him. And, and just like we just read in Ephesians chapter 6, we are at war. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot, especially me, I know, um, I talk about the church as being a family, and we are. And I think sometimes that's because the pendulum uh, swung for me. Like in my childhood, there was a lot of emphasis on spiritual warfare in the churches that I grew up in, and that we're an army, and that we're battle, and we're fighting. And yes, all that is true. And the thing that was maybe the, an ingredient that was missing for us in, in my church experience growing up was that we are family, that we're community, we need each other. And so, so that's been something that's like, man, that, that void, that's something that's really important to me. And you guys know, if you've been here at Seeds Church for any amount of time, you like have this sense of like, we really are family. We really do care about each other. We really are a body. Yeah. But there, there is a truth. We also, we're an, we're, we are a family, but we are an army. Yeah. And God has, a, has battles for us to engage into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thankfully, we don't have to wear our own armor into the battle. We don't have to wear Saul's armor into the battle. Right. We get to wear his armor that he yes. built for us to wear into the yeah. battle in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And so there is a spiritual battle going on in this world. We cannot see it with our physical eyes, but it is most certainly happening in the spirit realm. And what the things that are happening in that unseen realm have an effect on us in this realm. It's just, it's just so. You guys ever wonder like why supernatural movies are so popular? Like even like from superhero movies to like supernatural like thrillers or horror movies, why they're so popular? I mean, I don't watch horror movies, but it amazes me like how popular that they are. And it's because the people that are making those movies are tapping into an element that actually exists and people are curious about it. Yes. Now, what they write might be fiction, but... They are tickling the curiosity of people because we know that there's an unseen realm. Yeah. And yeah. the things that happen in the unseen realm affect this realm. Yeah. And listen to me. We've got to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. We've got to be tenacious about protecting what God has given us. Yeah. Protecting and stewarding the mission that he's given us. And executing that mission. And multiplying what he's entrusted to us. So today, we're going to take a break from the book of prayers series. We're going to keep praying and fasting. We've got two more weeks. But as far as the series goes, we're going to pause on that today. And we're going to address this head on so the enemy cannot get a foothold. And so that Seeds Church will continue to grow in being a bright and shining light in the darkness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now. For the victory that you have already won through your son, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus, you are the victor. You are the champion. <laughs> um, you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. And we thank you that you have won the victory and you have, you have poured out your spirit into your people, God. And from that day of Pentecost, your spirit has rested in your people. And Lord, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you indwell us and you fill us and you empower us to do the works of Jesus and to fight the spiritual battle that we are in. And Lord, I thank you that we fight from victory and not for victory. It's already won. But Lord, remind us that we are still in this battle and we do not just lay down our armor. We don't just abdicate our responsibility and our authority, but we, uh, we fully engage. And we're going to follow you, Holy Spirit, into victory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Here's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to list some symptoms that the enemy has been using as tools, as strategies to attack the people. And what I want you to do is just really pay attention to these things that the enemy is trying to use to divide our church and isolate us. You ready? Misunderstandings, gossip, miscommunication or lack of communication, major opportunities to receive bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, strife in your marriage, strife with your children or parents, strife with brothers and sisters in Christ, feeling displaced, lonely, like you don't belong, you don't fit in, like you're unseen, sickness and physical ailments, business deals going sideways, and other things that have to do with your job, fearful dreams, like spiritual dreams, but they're not from the Lord because they're full of fear. And fear about the future. Mm -hmm. And your heart is gripped with fear. Or it's trying to be gripped by fear. And then people trying to open doors from the past that God shut. Now I'm going to ask just for some honesty and transparency right now. Because if we don't have honesty and transparency, then we don't have a church family. Right? We just have a little get together of some folks that just randomly show up on Sundays. This is a family, a family army. Amen. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you for some honesty and transparency. If any of these things hit home with you just now that I just listed or someone that, you know, in the last six weeks or so, would you just stand up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Nearly every single person is standing up. Just look around the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Have a seat. It's clear that we are under attack. That we're under a spiritual attack. And the enemy's trying to divide us. And if he can divide us, he can control us. I was having this conversation with with Tim yesterday. And that's what he said. We were talking about what's going on at the church. And you said, man, if the enemy can, he wants to divide us so he can control us. I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's true. And not only does he want to divide us to control us, he wants to isolate you so he can decimate you. He wants to destroy your life. What did, John, what did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's a real thing, guys. 
But the wonderful thing is that Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. We don't have to settle for the thief coming to kill, steal, and destroy from us. And I'll tell you, it's no surprise. It's no surprise whatsoever to me that the enemy is trying to attack us right now and that there's this onslaught of attack and this elevation, this increase an amplification of attack right now. We've just come, come off of the summer, right? What do people do in the summer? They travel. Many of us, we travel for weeks at a time. And we miss out on the worship gatherings. And we miss out on regular fellowship. And we miss out on the prayer meetings. And then we come back around and we're like, man, man I hadn't seen so-and-so in a long time. And, others, and then someone else is saying about you, I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time because you missed each other. Yeah. And... and uh, and you're like, well, who are, the, who's these news people? who are these new people? And the new people are like, I've been here for like six weeks. Where have you been? You're supposed to be the regular person. And you got that going on. And then for all of us that have kids, like the stress, it really, okay, just let's be honest. The stress of just re-entry into the school year, guys. That is just a real thing of like, re, like I have my middle schoolers nodding at me and going, yes, that is a real thing. Yeah. They're, they're like getting back in the patterns and getting back in the rhythms of the school year. And then we just launched a brand new season, a new semester of life groups where we are intentionally getting into community with one another and intentionally growing as disciples together. And then we, to the cherry on top of all this, is we just started 21 days of prayer and fasting. Going after time alone with Jesus every single day. Spending time with Him. Tuning out the voice of the flesh. Tuning into the voice of the Spirit. So it's no surprise to me whatsoever that the enemy is trying to disrupt the awesome things that God is trying to do in us and through us here at Seeds Church. It's no surprise. If you're surprised by it, you shouldn't be. Because God's trying to do something here. So why would we not have pushback from the enemy? Right. At the beginning of 2020, even, it was even November of 2019, when I was asking the Lord, I was going to the Lord and said, God, we need a word for 2020. This is way before any of us had heard anything about COVID-19. Nobody had even heard of that. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, I want 2020 to be about the year of strong families at Seeds Church. Yeah. You guys remember that? Many of you were here. Many of you were around. Some of you were not. But the Lord said... 2020 is going to be about the year of building strong families at Seeds Church. And strong families meaning your biological family, you needed to strengthen and undergird that, and our church family. We needed to build and strengthen our church family as well. And then so we hit the ground running in January, and then look what happened come March. Whoa, thank you God for that word that we got to dig into this in the first three months because everything starts shutting down and, and people start getting weird and the whole culture starts shifting and changing. And Lord, I thank you that you are undergirding the families in our church and you're undergirding and drawing us and calling us to strengthen this church family. Thank you, Jesus. And here's the definition. Here's the definition of a strong family that we work, we're working with. It's this. A strong family is a group of people that may or may not be related to one another by blood or marriage, but they are committed to each other. They love each other and they take care of each other. Having the power to succeed through demanding circumstances, withstanding great pressure, staying firmly established without being disturbed, upset, or affected. Amen. 
How many of you want a strong family? Yeah. How many of you want a strong church family? Yeah. This is a word that we received from the Lord for 2020, but it wasn't just for that year. This, this is a mantle that Seeds Church will carry forever until the day that Jesus comes back. This will be something that is always going to be in front of us. That we are, we're, we're going to help you build your family to be strong. And we're going to build this church family to be strong. We'll forever be marked by that, by strong families. But if I look at what's going on in the church today, I see some areas that need to be strengthened and undergirded. So that's what we're going to do. You've got something to say about this. So um, at the same time, back in 2020, um, the Lord began to speak to me through a lot of children's games. How many of you remember that? It was like almost weekly. He would use a child's game to speak something to me personally. And I saw our church playing Red Rover, and we had all linked arms. And we had linked arms so so tightly. You know when you play Red Rover, sometimes you like spread out so that you can like clock someone as they're trying to run through. <laughs> we didn't do that. In this, we were like so close knit, and we were saying Red Rover, Red Rover, Satan, we can't come over. Is what we were saying together. And through that season, if you were here, that is who we were. It was like no way. And if we found one of our people wounded. It was like we would put them behind the fence line and we would give them time to rest and prepare and get ready to then come up to the line and link arms. And so as we began talking over the last probably six weeks about what is going on, I began to see this picture and the red rope line has been broken somewhere. And um, I told myself, somewhere there's been a break in the links. We've spread out and we've broken. And I don't know if it is that um, we've gotten lazy and just been like, oh, everything's back to normal and it's okay. We don't have to um, stand close to each other. We don't have to fight for each other. Or if it's that new people have come in and we haven't, those of us who've been here for a while, we don't move to arms with the new people. And if that's so, let me tell you, the people that have been here, the people that are coming in the door right now are amazing. And you want to link arms with them. Yeah. I'm telling you, they are like cream of the crop people coming in our door right now. You want to link arms with them, I promise. And then also the Lord said, well, something has happened too where our, our people are looking at each other and going, you don't really look like me. You don't talk like me. And you may read the word just like I am, but you're, you're interpreting it a little bit different. Not ungodly, just you're interpreting it a little bit differently, and because of that, it's challenging me, and it's making me feel really uncomfortable, so I'm only <laughs> And the Lord was like, ooh, you got to deal with some self-righteousness in the house. God wants this place to be an orchard. Remember we used to talk about this? And in the beginning, we said, we want to be an orchard, we want to be an orchard, but we were all kind of looking alike. We really were. But God is bringing people to the table right now that may have some differences of opinions. or It's okay. It's okay. Invite them to sit and let's be iron, sharpening iron one to another. As much as they can talk to you, you should be able to talk to them. And we don't have to fight. 
We can walk in unity with each other and have some differences of opinions. We are still the body. And I told him last night, I said, here's what's funny, is we've forgotten that when I'm walking through an orchard, what my feet see is different than what my eyes see. It's different. But my eyes can't say to my feet, I don't need you. That would be stupid. But I feel like that's what's been happening. There's been these breaks of like, oh, I don't need you. When really God's like, if you even knew, that if you would allow that person into your life and you would listen, they could hone some things in you that is just ugly, that I want to let them, I want you to allow them to let the Holy Spirit use them to make you more like my son. Yeah, in this, in this unlinking arms that we've done, or, or not linking arms with others, the enemy, it's like we've drifted, and the enemy has sifted. And he's been trying to, to do this in this process, just play games with us. And he's come at this this way, and he's coming at us this, this other way, and he's trying to get us to entertain and play the games with him. Yeah, it's just like, you know, throws the bait out there. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just bite on that hook. Come on. And, and if we entertain the enemy's games, I promise you, it's going to lead us to make unwise choices, mm-hmm. harmful choices, things that are going to have ramifications for years to come. And it will have a ripple effect where it will affect other people around us. I promise. Mm-hmm. So in our house, we, from time to time, just doing everyday life, we... Um, We'll be going through and there'll be this moment, this teaching moment. And we kind of just stop everything we're doing. And what do we Noble, Noble, you're in the house. Jocelyn, you're in the house. What do we say? It's time for a life lesson, right? Oh, yeah, you're like. <laughs> sometimes it's, he, it's scarring for him. It's emotionally scarring. Because sometimes we'll be in the middle of a restaurant and something will happen. We'll be like, it's time for a life lesson. I know some of you have been with us before when we've done that. And you're like, what is JD doing right now? He's embarrassing all of us. But, and I'm not trying to like uh, embarrass anybody. I'm not trying to humiliate anybody. But it's a teaching moment, right? So we call these life lessons. And so we're going to have a life lesson moment. Yeah, so this is like mom and dad calling everybody to the table. Like, life, life lessons, kids. We're going to have a life lesson right now. Um, so um, I just wanted to start by reading a couple scriptures. Amen. I'm going to start in Proverbs 6. And as I read this, I want you to hear my heart as a mother. I know some churches call their pastor's wives pastor's wives. Some people call them first ladies, which I absolutely hate. Um, some people, I like, I like mama slowly. I just, I'm a mom. I know how to be a mom. And my heart for you is that you may hear my mother heart today that I love you and I do not want to see you hurt and I don't want to see you hurting people because I know what the Father's heart is for you. So um, I'm going to try not to try all the way through this, but I probably will. I can't read that because I still can't see it and somebody even gave me glasses to do it. Oh, you made it big. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs 
6, starting in verse 16, it says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Mm. A false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Where's the rest of it? The rest of it wasn't applicable. Um, but we talked about I'm that. I'm going to read the whole thing. Oh, okay. That's read the whole thing. <laughs> There are six things that the Lord hates. I love this version, actually. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race down to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. And I want to switch over to um, James. Don't read this one. <laughs> Starting in chapter 1, verse 26, it just says, If you claim to be religious, but you do not control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. It seems really like, whoa, where is this coming from for some of you? And that's great. That means you're all in the good, you're in the clear. But for some of you, it's hitting like, oh, I need to deal with myself. I need to deal with this. Take it to the Father. We're going to show you in a minute what the Bible has to say about how to handle these things. Because I don't want to say to stop it and then not give you how to do it. Right. How to handle it. Right. Because this is the teaching moment. This is the life lesson moment. Because unfortunately, I don't think I ever learned it when I was growing up. So I, I don't want you to walk out of here and go, well, then what do I do when I'm upset? I'm going to show you. But the reason that we're doing this today is because 
There will be a day that we see church stand before the Lord and he will say, I loved your church. I loved that you stood when everyone else fell. And I loved that you linked arms with each other. And I loved that you took the broken and the weary and you put them behind the lines and you gave them a place to rest. But I don't want to be one of the seven churches in Revelations where he has to say, but I have this one thing to hold against you. Yeah. Right. You did not love each other well. Or that he would have to say, I love that you did all this, but I have this one thing to hold against you. That you let that spirit of Jezebel run wild in right. the church. We will not be those people. We will take this on and we'll face it and say, we're not going to deal with this. So today is the day that we are saying no more. No more. And we are going to get ruthless about it. So, here's how you do this. I think we're going to put it up here. Hang on, I'm going to read the scripture first. You want me to read this? Yeah. Okay. Um, starting in Matthew 8. Team. You actually had all of the church scriptures. Look, they were so prepared. It's funny. Matthew 18 is where I want to go. Is that right? You got it for me? It says... If your brother or your sister sins, go and point out their faults, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, there's more to this that Jesus says here. And I just want to bring some attention. I'll give it right back to you. Why does the enemy want to divide us so much? Why is that important to him? Why does he want to isolate us so much? It's this next thing that Jesus said right here. Verse 18. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. The reason the enemy wants to divide us and isolate us so that we would become an impotent church, powerless, Only the church that's in unity can loose things and bind things. Only the church that's in unity can agree together in prayer and the God of heaven answers us. So Jesus lays it all out there for us. Now we as disciples have to practice what the master taught us. Otherwise, if you're not practicing what the master taught, you're not a disciple. That's the definition of a disciple. A disciple learns the way of their master, and they follow the way of their master. And if we're not following the way of their master, we're not disciples, we're just fans. Yeah. Oh, I follow Jesus on Twitter. I love the Holy Spirit's TikTok. Come on, are you going to be just a simple, like, fan? You're going to follow Jesus on social media? Or are you going to really do what he says? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm gonna, I want to get your phone out for a quick. I know, weird, right? I'm just, don't worry, there's no Wi-Fi out here, so I'm not gonna ask you to get online. It's like this beautiful space and time that you step back about 20 years and you've got nothing right here. I think I had Wi-Fi 20 years ago. <laughs> anyway, I made great noises on this thing. We're going to go back to Andy Griffith today. Uh, yeah. So, Scott, can you put up on here for me those three steps? Do you see that? Here, can you move out of the way for this? They have it on these screens. Oh, look, these screens are here. I want everyone to take a picture of that. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. Now, you can never say you didn't know. Yeah, you're welcome. You can never say you didn't know. When you are upset with a brother or a sister in this church, here's how we want you to handle it right here. Do we want you to post it all over Facebook? Nope. Do I want you to go to your life group and spew it out during prayer time? No. I want you to go to that brother or that sister and say, hey, you have hurt me. And deal with it. And what does it say? Privately. You don't call them out in front of everybody and embarrass them. You deal with it privately. And if they repent, and let me tell you, Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, oh my goodness, I never meant to hurt you. Right. They will back down. And you will win that friendship back. You will heal. And you will save our church. Yes. You know, um, there's just a simple principle that Jesus gives us here in the first step when these kinds of things arise, whether it be an offense that arises or some other issue of sin and that you need to go to that brother and sister. And that is, is this, here's the principle. Talk to the person that can do something about it. Don't run around and talk to people about the issue that they have no power over to change it, right? Go deal with the people that can actually do something. And that's just a life lesson. But here's the deal. That's step one. If step one doesn't work, there's step two. So step two, you don't turn around and go spew everybody, well, I tried. Let me tell you what happened. You go to two people trusted, one to two people trusted people. You don't even have to spew to them. You just need to say, hey, I need you to come with me to deal with something. Would you do that? And you take them back to that person and say, okay, now would you please listen? Try again. And if they still don't listen, then you go to church leadership. Say, I have an issue. See how it works? And it works in every area. You have an issue here in the church with something that you don't like. You don't go tell everybody in the church and plant seeds of dissension and discord. You come to the leadership because that's who can do something about it. And you say, hey, I'm not an issue over here with this. Can you help me understand this and why? See how that works? So that you don't sow discord, which is one of the things that God abhors. And so here's the deal. There is a step four. It's not up here. Jesus said, 
If that doesn't work, if step one doesn't work, do step two. If step two doesn't work, go to step three. If step three doesn't work, bye, Felicia. For real. Jesus like, treat them like a pagan. They're unrepentant. So do not allow the bad apple to spoil the whole bunch. Those are the words of Jesus. Not me. Well, also the words of Ice Cube. But anyway. That's throwing it back there to the 90s. See, we want to get real with you about this stuff. Because God loves you. And we love you too. Because God has a vision. And He has entrusted us with a mission to execute and steward until the day He returns. And, and here's another reason that we've got to get real. Because the world that we're living in is growing darker by the minute. The world that we're living in is becoming more and more hostile towards the gospel. And we are in a spiritual battle like we have never seen before in our lifetime. And I promise you that we have not seen the worst of it yet. That's not what you wanted to hear. That's not what I want to hear. But it is not going to get any better just yet. It's going to get darker. And I'm not saying that to build fear in you. I'm saying that so that you will not be naive. Right. I'm saying that that you will be prepared. I'm saying that so that you will actually be full of faith. 1 Peter 5, 8, we know this, be sober and alert minded, right? Because the devil is like a lion prowling around seeking whom he will, will devour. Yes. That is a real thing. Yes. He is powerful. And he wants to take you out, kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to be in fear. Because 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Right. So let's get real for a moment. Like I said, we've heard that all said one bad apple spoils a whole bunch. So if I so I'm telling you this, if someone comes to you with a bad apple in their mouth, offering you a bite of that nasty piece of fruit, do not receive it. Right. As a matter of fact, call it out. Yeah. I'm not saying to you have to embarrass someone or humiliate them. Or put them down, but just call out what it is and help them see that they need to stop chomping on that bitter fruit. And if you're the one walking around with a bad apple in your mouth, then repent. Spit it out. Spit it out and don't pick it back up. But if you're not going to repent and you're not going to spit it out, then get out. Yeah. Jesus said it. I'm serious. If you're not going to repent and spit it out, you will not be allowed to sow dissension. Yeah. But the great thing is, is that there's repent the gift of repentance. Yeah. Praise God. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, man, JD's being harsh. Well, let's look at some more scripture, okay? <laughs> Psalm, where, where do I get this stuff? I just dream it up. No, I read the Bible. Psalm 101, what did David say? Oh, this, this starts so nice. I'll sing of your love and justice to you, Lord. I'll sing of praise. I'll be careful to leave a blameless life. When will you come to me? I'll conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. 
I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I'll have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I'll have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has a haughty eyes and a proud heart, I won't tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land and I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If you're not going to repent, we're not going to tolerate it. This is not the house of nasty fruit. This is the house of the Lord. And He has the fruit of the Spirit for us. That's the fruit we're going after. That's the fruit that we're embracing. Listen, don't be sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, if I make one mistake, they're going to kick me out of the church. No, we're not. We're going to come to you in private and let's deal with it. And then repent. And then it'll all be good. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. No one has to be embarrassed. We get to... It's because we love you. (laughs) It's because we love you. Hear that heart. Please hear this heart. We want you to stand before the Lord someday and say, well done. Well done. But he won't do that for the things that he hates. And I don't want him to say, hey, why didn't you deal with that? Why didn't you let that person destroy people? When really what he wants is for us to call you out so that you can be made whole with the yes. Father. That's our heart. We're coming up on our fifth birthday as a church. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Again, again, no surprise that the enemy would attack us. Yeah. I mean, seriously, guys, do you know how many churches started within the last five years that are not doing so great? Yeah. And I'm not saying that to prop up us. Oh, look at us. No, I'm just so thankful to the Lord that we have been able to stand, be a strong family together and fight together and continue to do that. But I want to tell you this. Too many people have walked through these doors and walked through into this church family over the last five years to be healed and filled. And that's fantastic. That's great. Mm -hmm. But when it's time to grow up and to mature and to produce fruit and to put on armor and stand and to be a pillar for other people to lean on. Some of these people, they just want to revert to their immaturity. They would just want to revert to their old behaviors. And if they don't do that, they'll just run away. Mm-hmm. And too many people have come through here over the last five years and they've heard the truth of the word of God preached. And they've had legitimate opportunities to grow as disciples mm-hmm. and, and to grow in who God's created them to be and do what God's called them to do. But it didn't tickle their ears. It didn't affirm their immaturity. It didn't affirm their sin. It didn't affirm their ego. It didn't affirm the incorrect theology that they had. And instead of partnering with the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification, of molding them into the image and likeness of Christ, they punk out. And it just makes me sad. It makes me heartbroken. Because we do love you. We love people. And we desire for us to grow together as disciples and to lay hold of every good thing that he's called us to do. But when we resist the process of sanctification, we don't get to lay hold of the reward. Reward comes with obedience. 
Those who are faithful and obedient will eat the good of the land. If you remember the story of William Wallace, I mean, you guys know who I'm talking about. The story of Braveheart. Every guy's hand shoots up. And Jennifer, too. You love it. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Braveheart. Remember William Wallace? Let me see your hands. Okay, if you've not seen that, that's your homework. If you've got small children, wait till they go to bed. But it's, it's a true story. And I'm sure there's like uh, artistic license with the story. But in the story, and some of you I know, like you're like, of course. The pastor is talking about Braveheart. You know? <laughs> no, listen here. There's a character in the story. A historical figure named Robert the Bruce. Yeah. Robert the Bruce was in line to claim hold of the throne of Scotland. Now, there was another clan also. And the two of these clans were saying, no, I've got, we've got rights to the throne. And the, other, and the Bruces were like, no, we've got rights to the throne. And so that's going on in the background. And, um, but there, this other larger prob- problem that was looming in the, in the nation of Scotland at that time, and that was that there was the English. Edward I was ruling oppressively. And so William Wallace comes to Robert the Bruce and he asks him, come on, unite the clans together so we can fight against the tyranny of Edward I, king of England. But the predicament for Robert the Bruce was that although he didn't want his fellow Scotsmen to, you know, suffer at the hands of Edward the First, he also didn't want to jeopardize, do anything to jeopardize his position of, of being the next leader of Scotland. And it's just just so happened that Edward the First also sent people and approached Robert the Bruce and said, "Hey, if you help me get what I want, I'll help you get what you want." All right, let's make a deal with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Come on. If you help me defeat the rebellion, I'll help you gain the throne of Scotland. So Robert the Bruce allows himself to be manipulated and talked out of what he knows is the right thing to do. Oh, Robert, if you help us defeat the rebellion, it'll really save more lives in the long run. Robert, if you help us defeat the rebellion, then we'll make sure that you get to sit on the throne of Scotland and you'll be such a great leader leading the people. Which was really a total sham, right? Because what good is it to sit on the throne of a country who's being ruled by another oppressive king, right? Doesn't make any sense. And that's what the enemy does. Mm -hmm. He comes to you with tricks and manipulation that, and it all sounds really nice and pretty and Mm -hmm. He appears as the angel of light. And he knows scripture. All of it. (laughs) So, so, out of fear and selfishness, Robert the Bruce betrays his countrymen, Mm -hmm. the Scotsman. And he makes an alliance with the enemy. And he comes into agreement with the purposes of the enemy. And he fights against his own countrymen. And he allowed his justified selfishness. It's totally justified, right? Because I'll be a great king and I'll be a good ruler of Scotland. And, I'm, and if, I, if we do this, then it's going to save more lives in the long run. But he went along with the enemy. And the enemy used him 
to divide and conquer his own people. He didn't hate his own people. Now, he had beef with that other clan, but really the nation of Scotland, he, he wasn't a self-loathing Scot. He loved his country, but he allowed himself to be used by the enemy against his own people. Yeah. Seeds, we're Scotland. And the enemy of our souls is Edward I. And the question is, who are you going to be? Are you going to be William Wallace and the other Scotsmen that fought for freedom? Or are you going to be Robert the Bruce, who's used by the enemy to destroy your own people? Now listen, that sounds really harsh, but that's exactly what the enemy is wanting to do. Divide and conquer. I'm not saying that's your intention. But that's the enemy's intention 100%. And any time that we come into agreement with his plan or start listening to his lies, that's the end game. Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Isolate and decimate. Now, if you're honest with yourself and you come to this conclusion that you've... Ah, oh my gosh, this is, I, I'm, I've been used by the enemy. And maybe you're realizing this because you've seen how it's hurt you. Maybe you're realizing this because you've seen how it's hurt other people. I've got some great news for you because even though the movie ends with this pretty horrible moment where William Wallace is like, you know, captured and tortured and put to death. (laughs) Yeah, if you watch the movie, you've never seen that. That's how the movie ends. Sorry. Spoiler alert. (laughs) That's how the movie ends. But guess what? The story doesn't end there. If you know your history, history tells us that Robert the Bruce came to his senses. He woke up. He broke his alliance with England. He unites the clans, including the clans of my ancestors, the Douglas clan. And they drive out the English out of Scotland. And he defeats Edward I. But oh, wait. There's a second head to that dragon. Edward II comes along, and he does not—he uh, does not renounce his claim over Scotland either, as, as the overlordship of Scotland. So Robert the Bruce continues and unite has the clans united, and they fight and they defeat Edward II, and then finally England was so fed up they they took Edward II and they threw him off the throne and they put Edward III in and Edward III is like, okay, all right, we're going to renounce all kind of sovereignty over Scotland. You guys are a sovereign nation unto yourselves now. So let me just say this. Even if you've been manipulated and been used by the enemy, guess what? Your story's not over. Come to your senses like Robert the Bruce. Stop fighting against your own people. Stop fighting against your own church and let's fight against the real enemy. And just like Robert the Bruce defeated Edward I and there was a second Edward to defeat, we've been through some battles together. We've got some victories. We've got some wins. We've got some points on the scoreboard. But if we think it's over and there's nothing else to come, we are kidding ourselves. Guys, there's another quarter to play. There's a lot more. Pastor Lee Cummings, he's uh, the pastor of Radiant Church. He's also the founder of the church network that we belong to, the Radiant Network. I'm so thankful to be part of uh, a group of of life-giving churches that are are shaped by the Word and led by the Spirit. That's not necessarily everybody's language. That's our language, but basically that's that's all of our heart, right? And this is he he said this just a couple days ago. Pastor Lee said this. I'm going to put this up here. He says, if you're not living... In the midst of this present evil age, 
with your spiritual eyes laser focused upon the one who's seated upon the throne of the universe, the slain and resurrected Lamb of God and the soon coming King, you will, by default, live under the anxiety, discouragement, and influence of the spirit of the Antichrist. It's like the default setting of the world. And, and so if you're not purposeful about keeping your eyes on Jesus, the default setting is, well, spirit of the Antichrist. Well, isn't that a pleasant thing? No, it's an important warning, though. Yesterday, in yesterday's prayer focus, as we're praying for freedom, man, it was like, Lord, I just love how you orchestrated all this, and you knew this was coming long before, and you planned this in, in, in all of our planning. But Galatians 5.1 was the, the key scripture for yesterday's prayer focus of praying for freedom. And this is what Paul says. He says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Like Jesus paid the price for us to walk in freedom and, and victory and authority over the enemy, but we've got to stop choosing to go back to that other way. How do we walk in freedom from these areas that we just mentioned earlier? If you're isolating, stop it. Get into community. I know it might be difficult at first. It might be inconvenient, but it's worth it. It's worth your soul. Well, I just don't have the time. You make the time for other things that are far less important. We all make time for the things that we truly want to do. Well, that's not true. I don't want to go to work. Yeah, somehow you do because you want to get a paycheck and pay your mortgage. So really, you do want to go to work. Listen, I'm telling you, this is important. Do not isolate yourself. Yeah. You guys remember the, the, the video on YouTube that's like been around since almost the YouTube's conception? And it's called the Battle of Kruger. And there are these, these folks are on safari in Africa, and they're, they're videoing this thing, and there's this herd of water buffalo, and this little baby water buffalo gets sidled away from the rest of the herd, and laying in the tall grass is a crouched lion. And the, at the right time, when the lion knows that water buffalo is far enough from the herd, now's my time. And he comes out of the tall grass, and he pounces on that water buffalo, and he wrestles that thing down into this, this pond. And then a crocodile pops up out of the water. It sounds like a fictional story, but it's true. You can go and watch it. You can, like, seriously, look it up on YouTube, Battle at Kruger. And this crocodile pops up out of the water and grabs the other end of the water buffalo. And the lion and the alligator are fighting like they're, at, at, they're, they're pulling on this little water buffalo like they're at Thanksgiving dinner. Who's going to get the bigger part of the wishbone? And you think, well, this is gruesome. This poor little baby water buffalo... Is, is, this is it, and we're going to just watch it be eaten to death, to death by these two predators. But no, that's not the end of the story. Because the herd sees what's going on, and they all just come running over. Hundreds of water buffalo. And they come and they, they fight that lion off, and that alligator goes back into the water, and they save that baby water buffalo. And I'm telling you, that's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to isolate you so he can take you out. So get into community. Get into the herd. If you're sick, you're dealing with things in your body, don't just settle and say, well, I guess this is how it's always going to be. No, keep praying with faith. If you're running your mouth and you're gossiping and talking trash about people who are supposed to be your brothers and sisters in Christ, then talk to God about it first. 
Not to someone else who can't do anything about the situation. And then, if you still have issues with that person, go and talk to them. But stop talking to everybody else. If you're hurt and you're wounded emotionally, ask God to help you forgive. If there's strife in your marriage, do the work. Find a good good Christian counselor. Start working on your marriage. Well, we don't have the money to pay for that. You got money to run through Starbucks drive-thru every day. What's important to you? Set some time to intentionally be romantic with your spouse. Start doing some work on yourself and not just on the other person. Always pointing out there, man, man, our marriage would be so much better if he would get his act together. Look at yourself. Do some work on yourself too. Start praying together. If there's circumstances that are just out of your control, then pray and have faith and believe and take steps of faith that you believe God is calling you to take. And be patient and wait on the Lord and He will renew your strength, right? If there's doors from the past that God has shut and people are trying to pry those doors open, slam those doors shut, lock them and throw away the key. Do not dabble in the things of the past that God has put to He's tried to close those chapters in your life. Be, be ruthless about it. Yeah. No. We're fighting. There's much at stake. Yeah. If you're living in sin, if you're operating things, maybe not necessarily just, maybe it's not sin, but you're just operating with just secrets. That's not healthy. Sin certainly is It's harmful. Repent and get into community where people can walk with you towards freedom. The world might be getting darker and we may not have seen the worst yet, but it doesn't have to be that way inside the house of God. We don't play by the same rules that the culture plays by. We're not subject to the same effects that the world is affected by. Inside the house of God, we bridle our tongues. And we speak words of life. In the house of God, forgiveness flows freely. In the house of God, we pursue holiness. In the house of God, we don't walk alone. We walk together. Inside the house of God, we pray with faith and we walk by it and not by sight. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's end with the way that we started. Just stand up with me. And I'm going to read it. And you can read along with me if you want. We're going to read this again. And then we're going to spend some time. And let the Lord minister to us. And and I, I don't know. Jamie, you can give us some more direction there. But here, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. You'll still be standing firm, sorry. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. 
In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. It is time for us to come back into that red rubber line. It is time for us to link arms. It is time for us to link arms with the new people that have come into our community. It is time for us to take, and I feel this really strongly. Um, there are wounded people in here. There are widows and orphans in here. And there are those that are wounded that need to be put behind the line. But we have to be unbroken. The line has to be unbroken first. So we need to come together this morning. If you have hurt someone in this room, if you have offense with someone in this room, if you need to ask forgiveness for someone in this room, if you're a husband and wife in this room and you are not walking in unity, take this moment to deal with it. It stops today. The spirit will no longer run rampant in this place. We're putting a stop to it right now. If you've been talking about people in this room, go and ask forgiveness. If you've been talking about people in this room, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and ask God to help you. But today, let's take this moment, speak the name of Jesus over these situations. And then my friends, I'm going to implore you. We need to look around the church and say, where are those people? Don't forget about them. They're hurting. They've been siphoned off by the enemy. They're the tiny water buffalo that the lion is waiting to take out. Reach out to them. The staff here can't do it all. And even if we do, they're like, oh, well, of course you reached out to me. But if you reach out to them, it means more. I promise you. They're like, wow, someone really noticed that I wasn't there. Someone saw. Someone sees me. Someone cares about me. The enemy is trying to divide not just our church, but the body of Christ. Because there is dark times coming, and if he can divide us, he can take us out. Not on my watch. Not on my watch, and not on your watch. We have come too far, and we have fought too hard for this place to see it go down like that. Link arms with your brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean you need to agree on everything. You are mature enough. We're kindergartners now. People are five years old. Right? You've got to be mature enough to know you can link arms with people that maybe you don't agree 100% on everything. And if you aren't mature enough, grow up a little bit. It's okay. Link arms and make no caveat for the devil to get through. No more. So I'm going to pray over you, and then we are going to speak the name of Jesus over this place, over our families, over our relationships. Listen, if there is breakage anywhere in this room, deal with it this morning. Deal with it. Spirit of the living God, you are invited to permeate every part of this place. We want to be a church pleasing to you. That we would stand before you someday and you'd be able to list off all the things that you love about this place and not have to say but this one thing I hold against you. Let us be coming to you with clean hands and a pure heart. That doesn't mean we're perfect. 
It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes, but God, our heart posture is turned towards you. That we want to honor you and love you, and we want to honor the people around us and love the people around us well. Help us. Help us do this right, Father. Help us walk in lockstep with each other so that when the enemy tries to come in like a flood, we have a standard already built and raised up against him. He cannot defeat. He cannot break. He cannot come in. And God, help us take the weary, broken, and hurting and put them behind the lines and give them a place to rest. Give them a place to heal. And when they are ready, help them mature and grow and stand and take their ranks in the line making room for more broken people to come and rest in you. God, let this be a place where people can come safely in through that door and know that they're not going to be ripped apart. But when the lion comes and the alligator comes, there'll be a whole troop of people coming after them to rescue them from the mouth of the enemy. And so I speak to any demonic spirit that's trying to come in and do anything to this church. You have no rights. You have no authority. And we push you out right now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of Jezebel, you have to leave. In the name of Jesus, you cannot come in. That door has been shut. And we need to shut. We lock it and we throw that key away. You are out the door in the name of Jesus. Any gossiping tongue, any lying tongue, we resist you now. And the enemy, you must flee. You must flee right now in the name of Jesus. Out the door. Out the door. You are not welcome in this place. This place is a house of worship. This place is a house of prayer. This is a strong family. This is a house where Jesus has built. The foundation is built upon him and him alone. And because of that, the blood covers this place. And where the blood of Jesus is, there is no room for you in You cannot mess with his sons and his daughters. Get out in the name of Jesus. So we're going to take a minute and we're going to worship and you can come forward, you can kneel down, you can deal with each other however you need to deal. If you need to deal with us up here, come get us. I don't care. We're going to have fingers. We need to deal with us today. No more. We're going to walk into this fifth year healthy and alive. Yes. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.